Welcome to Uncovering Jesus. The love of Jesus is the source of all salvation. Let's begin. Here's your host, Josh Alexander. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Uncovering Jesus. I hope you are all doing well. In today's episode is focused on the birth of Jesus. Just before we begin, I want us to start off with a very quick prayer. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you, we bless you, we magnify your name. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you for your word that you have given us as our building material for life. Thank you, Father, that we are transformed each day into the image of your dear Son. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to start off today uh, our reading from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 5. And this is on the birth or the conception of John the Baptist. This will help us better understand the birth of Jesus. So it says in Luke, chapter 1, verse 5, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God, in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense. When he went to the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of the incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name. John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the people, in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, that is Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, that shall be done and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in this season, or in their season. So this is John's father having a supernatural encounter with an angel. You see, so that means that there are angels that speak. Some angels, yes, you may not be able to communicate with them, but there are angels that speak, just like Zacharias' encounter 
a supernatural encounter. So you see, the story of the birth of Jesus begins with the birth of the forerunner John. That's why we had to read the book of Luke to give us more of a, a context. So before Jesus had to come, God sent John to prepare the way, to tell them that, hey, a Messiah is to come. And this particular Messiah is going to come in in such a powerful way. He says, yes, I may baptize you with water, but the one that will come will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. That is amazing. That is what we are living today. Glory to God. You see, the story of the birth of Jesus in Luke mixes praise with simplicity. Its contrast to the birth of John the Baptist is very remarkable. You see, John was one of the most influential people in the New Testament. We know of his ministry in his adult years. Some scholars speculate that John came from a tribe called the Essenes, a sect of highly religious men who lived an extremely strict and exclusive lifestyle in the wilderness of the Judean desert. They placed high value on water baptism or immersion in water for spiritual purification. Hence, John was baptizing people in the River Jordan, asking the people to repent. So John's birth was announced in the capital, at the temple, in the center of the Jewish nation. But Jesus arrives in a very anonymous way. You see, John is a child of a priest. Both his mother and father were righteous. Was, they were considered righteous people. And Jesus, be Jesus belonged, or he belongs to Jews of average social status at the time. Hallelujah. And we know that John preached repentance and water baptism. So now we're going to read from the book of Luke. We're going to go to the 26th chapter. And this is Mary's visitation from the angel Gabriel. So that is Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So this is telling us that Mary was engaged to a man called Joseph, so she was going to go uh, and get married before she had this encounter. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed thou art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That is amazing. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know no man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. So that means there's a power of the highest. There is a power of the highest. It says that power will overshadow you. Therefore also that the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, 
She hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. My goodness. And this Mary says, for with, this is what the angel said to Mary, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. That shows us that there is a high power that comes from the Lord. That nothing is truly is impossible with God. Truly, truly, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. Glory to God. And now we're just going to read again briefly. We're going to go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1. And this is just a few months later to when Mary was to um, give birth to Jesus. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar, Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the, out of the town of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. That means that Mary was heavily pregnant at the time. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, that they should be, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. It says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. He says, I bring, you, I bring before you good news. I bring before you the gospel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is the Christ, the Lord, or the, the Messiah, the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly, there was the angel with a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, God, goodwill toward men. So that means that in the middle of that encounter that the shepherds had, all of a sudden joined them the host of heaven, the angelic host of heaven. They were all praising God for what took place in that moment at the birth of the Messiah. So the angelic, the whole of heaven was rejoicing. They were in celebration of that particular birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 15, it says, And it came to pass as the angel were gone away from them into heaven. So the angels went back to heaven. The shepherd said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord had made known unto us. So even the angels believed. So the, the, the shepherds believed the words of the angels. They've already believed that, hey, this has already come to pass. Now let us go and find that for ourselves. 
And they went, and they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. So they, they told Mary and Joseph the encounter that they had concerning the birth of Jesus. You see, yet it is Jesus' birth that drew an angelic host once again. Appearances are deceiving. As humble as the setting is, his birth accompanied by the attention of the heavenly host. The shepherd who are privileged to share in that moment became bearers of a story, became bearers of a story full of wonder. You see, there is a reason why the birth of Jesus announced to the shepherd is very significant. So the very first point is, the shepherds of the time of Jesus were often looked upon as unclean and outside of the law because they often grazed their flocks on other people's lands. In this case, they fit well with Luke's emphasis. That is why Jesus says, I did not come for the righteous, but I came for the unjust. I came for the unrighteous. I came for them. So Jesus came for those who needed him. You see, Jesus said that there will be no, there's no need for a physician if you are healthy and fit. This is what I came for those who are in need of a savior. Glory to God. Glory to God. So hence the birth of Jesus in a manger where animals were presented for. So the second thing is, I want us to look into the book of Luke chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 32. So Luke 5, 32. And this is where he says, says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is what Jesus was saying. Glory to God. Glory to God. The second thing that I want us to look at from those particular scriptures that we read just previously, it says, so that the, the angel of the Lord gave the shepherds signs. Why did he say swaddle? Why did he tell them that when you go and see this baby, it's going to be wrapped in swaddle. It's going to be wrapped in a particular type of clothing. Why is this so? So you see, the swaddle ensures that the child's limbs would grow straight and without harm. See, the shepherds did the same thing for any newborn lamb. They would swaddle the lamb to calm it down and protect it from harming itself, thus making it unusable as a sacrifice. See, God has Jesus swaddled so that he would not be bruised or damaged, thus not being able to be the spotless lamb of God. So what is the sign of this? What is the significance of this? See, the shepherds were actually shepherd's priests. They were shepherd priests. The truth is this. Jesus was born in a manger or a cave used for bringing of sacrificial lambs. The male lambs were born in the manger and others like it in the Bethlehem area were to be used exclusively in the temple. They were set aside to be the Tamil or the morning sacrifice, which took place each day. So Jesus was, or is, is our eternal sacrifice. So the most common usage for these lambs that were born in Bethlehem, they were destined to become Passover lambs. My goodness, how prophetic is the word of God? How rich is the word of God? And that shows us that, hey, 
the fact that our Messiah had to be wrapped in swaddled clothes. The Bible even says that, that none of his bones shall be broken. None of his bones shall be broken. Not even single one. Because he had to be a spotless lamb before God. Back in those days, if a, if a lamb or a, or, or a ram that was presented to the Lord as a sacrifice, it had to be spotless and blameless. It could not have anything wrong with it. Otherwise, it would not be a perfect sacrifice. And that's why our Lord had to be wrapped in such a way to ensure that he was perfect in every way. You see, Jesus was fully human, but yet he was fully divine. You see, the life of the blood comes from the Father. The life of the blood comes from the Father. So Jesus' DNA was completely holy. His DNA was from the Father. Who was Jesus' father? His father was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was Jesus' father. That's why he called him my father. My father. says so that's why I've come to do my father's will. I've come to do my father's business. Even when he was 12, he would sneak into the temple and he'd be there for long periods of time. Learning, he, the Bible even would say that he would be teaching those in the temple, the scriptures. Glory to God. You see, so the birth of Jesus is more than a cosmic event. It is an arrival of divine activity that should provoke joy. That is why Mary ponders these events and the shepherds return glorifying God. You see, one thing to consider is this, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is also called the city of David or town of David. This indicates that the birth connection to the birth promise says that a savior will come out of the city of David. A savior. You see, the word of God is so prophetic. It's full of prophetic alignment, full of prophetic insight. And this is just from the New Testament. There's so much that the Bible points to the Messiah, even from Genesis to Revelation. My goodness, it says that consider this thing, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is also called the city of David or the town of David. Glory to God. This is amazing. The second point or the third point that I want us to look into is the Magi, the three wise men that came and presented gifts unto the Lord when he, at his birth. So we're going to turn our Bible again to the book of Matthew. So Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, came. Uh, the days of Herod, the king, behold, they came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chiefs, priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded for them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah, of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go 
and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me a word again, that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed to their own country another way. So they, these magi, they came all the way from their land to inquire of the Messiah, to find the Messiah so they can worship him. And they brought before him gifts. They brought before him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I'm going to go through these points, but there's certain aspects here that I want to also bring into your attention. You see, when so what was the star that led the wise men to Jesus Christ in Bethlehem? What was it? Have you ever thought about it? Was it a physical star or whatever it was, the star was of a miraculous sign. It was not an ordinary star. Consider this for one moment, that the star had the ability to move. The star literally moved from one place to another. That's why Matthew writes, says the star went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. I'm going to leave that with you and you can have a thought, think about it. So the wise men who visited Jesus knew in advance who they were going to visit and that the purpose of their visit was to worship him. You see, it is unlikely that the, that the heathen, idolaters, astrologers would go through all that effort to give honor to somebody that they did not worship or believe in. You see, the gifts that provided that they provided were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What are the significance of those gifts? So the, the, the gold represents kingship, Jesus' kingship, as we read before, that where was when they were inquiring of, of the Messiah, of this great king that is to be born in Bethlehem, they said, where is this king? So they brought forth gold to honor him as our eternal king. And what was the frankincense? The frankincense represented the priestly mission or his priestly, or his priestly ministry. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. He is the high priest of our confession. He wasn't only a king, but he was a king priest. The same thing as David. David was a king priest. So David was also a priest. He was also a priest. So this is Jesus. This is literally fulfilling prophecy. So they brought forth frankincense. Which, which represented priestly mission or priesthood. That's why Jesus says, you can ask the Father in my name. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will grant it to you. It will be granted to you. So what does Jesus do in the Father's presence right now, in the Father's right hand? He's our point of intercession. So when you pray, it's as though Jesus prays. And as you pray, Jesus brings your, your intercessions, your prayers before the Father. As our the one who backs up your confessions. That's what it means. That's who a priesthood does. A priesthood would stand on behalf of the people. 
and he would, he would minister on their behalf. And they also brought myrrh, ointment. So what that myrrh represented, it represented, it represented ointment for burial, to foreshadow his death. So can you imagine, even from his birth, he was ordained to die, now is dead. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, he was brought forth. He was brought forth and they presented him myrrh. And they anointed him. They anointed the baby with myrrh. Even from his birth, he was already anointed for burial. He was already marked as that lamb, as that eternal lamb, as that perfect lamb. Glory to God. I want you to think about that for one moment. That eternal lamb. And that's why the Bible says that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. So it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your social status is. It doesn't matter what your background is. As long as you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. His salvation is not only for the Jews, like Jesus says, but salvation is for all mankind. Salvation is for all mankind. It's for all mankind. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Glory to God. So the birth of Jesus was of God. It was explained by God, in prophecy by God. God planned it. God carried it out. And God made sure that the main participants understood it as much as they were capable of understanding. Who are those main participants? Those main participants are you and me. And it is our duty to understand the scriptures. It is our duty to dissect the word of God. The Bible says, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That means that we got to go deeper and dig deeper and deep into the word of God. You see, when we read the scriptures, we see Jesus. That's who we ought to see. We see Jesus, but we also see ourselves. The Bible says that the word of God is our mirror. When you look at the word, you see yourself. You see yourself. What you see in Jesus, you see in you. And that is who we are meant to be. And the Bible says that the word of God washes us. Jesus said that you are clean through the words that I've spoken unto you. As you read the word of God, it begins to cleanse your mind. Romans 12, 2. As you begin to read the word of God, it begins to cleanse your mind. It sanctifies you, it purifies you. The Bible says that the word of God brings forth light and gives understanding to the simple. That's what it does. And I really pray that you have been blessed by this episode. And one last thing, if you've never met Jesus, if you've never invited Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and your Savior, this is the opportunity. Since that I stand at the door of your heart and I knock, and if you open up your heart to me, I will come and I'll make my abode with you. I want you to stand for Jesus right now and say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I believe in your word. I believe that you died for me and that on the third day you were raised from the dead for my sins, for my justification. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I believe it in my heart and I confess it with my mouth. You are Lord, my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you again for tuning in to today's episode. 
this is just a, but a snippet of the birth of Jesus. You know, you can't really cover everything, but I definitely would love to hear your thoughts. Do send us a message, comments. Uh, you can find us on our social media as well. If you want me to cover a, a particular topic, I definitely would love to. And also, if you want me to do a, uh, a prophetic word that was spoken in the Old Testament in terms to the birth of Jesus, our Messiah, uh, send through your comments and I'll, and I'll look into it as well for you. Thank you again so much and God bless you. That's this week's episode of Uncovering Jesus. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.